And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tony. You ready? Game notes. Game notes. I'm Dave DeFore. That's Tony Jones. Don't ever we're here ask to talk me about if the I'm Utah ready. Jazz. Don't I, ever you ask were born me if I'm ready. ready. Don't born ever ready. ask me if I'm ready. I'm perpetually ready. Maybe three minutes late, but I'm ready. Oh yeah, not ever present, but ever ready. Uh, that's that's an important distinction with Tony Jones. I need you to warm up your voice before I get on the podcast. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, right. that's why wow. if we're podcasting at 2 p.m. Mountain Time, I inevitably get on at 2, 2.04 Mountain Time. Because mm-hmm. Tony knows I got to have that 20-minute conversation with our super producer, Tanika. I got to get all these things off my chest about the jazz before we start recording. Tanika took me off today. <laughs> I knew I was just going to bring this in, but we, listen... Guys, podcast listeners, I have a question, okay? So, obviously, me and Dave did our picks for this week, right? And me and Dave both picked the Jazz to lose to the Clippers on Wednesday, okay? But we did not know that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George would not be playing. We probably had a a sense that Paul George would not be playing, but no Kawhi Leonard. If I had known that Kawhi Leonard would not be playing... Obviously, I would have picked the Jazz. So is this cause for stipulation? Is this like a stipulation loss? Or is this just, hey, this is the pandemic. This is injuries. This is regular regular season injuries. It doesn't matter. You take what you get. I'm with Tanika on this one. I think it's just the breaks of the game. If we went and, and we tried to qualify and couch and and make ourselves look better on every single game, I'd be undefeated because I would just work it to my advantage. Listen, you just got to play who's in front of you, Tony. Tanika, can you weigh in on this, please? <laughs> and I just want to let you guys know, I love my podcast producer, Tanika. She is absolutely phenomenal. I am just absolutely just perturbed over this one little specific issue. Tanika, can you weigh in? Is she going to weigh in? No, absolutely not. She's leaving you hanging out to dry. Look, I feel like she's right. I feel like she's right. You're wrong. Oh, she's right. And I'm wrong. That's right. Why are you cozying up to the podcast producer? Well, I mean, if I if I'm going to suck up to anybody, that's the person to suck up to. Tony Jones, do you have any juice? I have no juice whatsoever. (laughs) There you go. All right. (laughs) I don't even have juice in my house. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz. Let's do that. All right. Look, they have won nine straight. They have won 20 out of 21. Yeah. This team is on a roll, plain this and simple. Team is I, I'm, awesome. I'm ready to stop qualifying it. They're the best team in basketball. Okay, see, I, I I still have to qualify that. They're the best team in basketball right now. Is Anthony Davis playing? No. There you go. They're the best team in basketball right now. I have to be fair with myself. Anytime a team goes on a run and I know that there's a Titan involved, like the Lakers, you know, I still have to see it in a playoff scenario. Yeah, of course. You know, so I, I would still say that the Lakers are the best team in basketball just because they're they're the title favorites when they're whole. And they're not going to be whole for a while. So the one thing I will say is that the Jazz have a really golden opportunity right now to really put their foot on the pedal and put a stranglehold on that number one seed. They've got a two-game lead over the Lakers right now. They've got a, a four-game lead over the Clippers. Uh, they're going to play the Clippers again Friday night with a, a chance to really, like, 
put some distance between them and the Clippers. Yes. I think that what we're looking at right now is a team, and I think that you you just kind of nailed it. They can really put their foot down and take over the one seed and potentially get enough of a cushion. They don't really have to worry about much unless the Lakers get really hot. Which, well, the thing of, the know, thing about it is – you know this. This right now, this is the this is the hardest part of the schedule. Mm-hmm. The schedule in the second half of the season will not be as difficult. There won't be nearly as much travel. I think there's going to be you know one major East Coast trip left, maybe a second one. You know most of the travel is going to be you know, in the second half of the season is going to be out west. They've got the rest of the Pacific Division to play. They're going to be done with the Clippers on Friday, but they're going to have two with Golden State, two with the Lakers, two with Phoenix, and three with uh, Sacramento. But they're going to have a schedule where they're going. To, it's going to be manageable for the rest of the way. It's crazy because this stretch right here was supposed to be the stretch where you know they were supposed to take some nicks, mm-hmm. and obviously they haven't lost a game. Uh, since this this brutal stretch of games started. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how condensed the schedule was, and, and I feel like initially it was very much like touch and go for them. Hey, like they're playing a lot of games. Let's, you know, let's wait until the second half of the season. You know, I was doing a lot of this equivocating. Was, all right, look, this might not be who they are. And then all of a sudden it just, they flipped a switch and they're the best team in basketball. And I'm looking ahead at the next seven games that they've got until we hit the break. Four of seven just seem like you can chalk them down now as wins. The other ones are Clippers, Lakers, and and 76ers. And the Lakers won't have Anthony Davis. They could potentially have this streak at 16 games going into the All-Star break. It's nuts. I have a question for you. Okay. A Clippers question, since it's pertinent because the Jazz play the Clippers. If the Clippers realize that they're probably not going to catch the Jazz for the one seed, and the Lakers maybe or maybe not catch the Jazz for the one seed and they don't want to face the Lakers in the second round? If you're the Clippers, do you drop to the four seed to try to get this Jazz in the second round? Oh, that's interesting. You know, if the Lakers are the two seed, I, I do think that if the three seed is an awful place to be in that case. So I don't know if they'll strategically, you know, rest Paul George and Kawhi to give themselves a better shot at being the four versus the three. But I do like that line of thinking because – if you're the Clippers, you probably feel better about your chances against the Utah Jazz than you do against the Lakers. That is definitely true. But what's also true is if you're the Clippers and you drop to the four seed, you go from if this were if this were the, the standings now, you'd go from San Antonio in the first round to Portland or Phoenix in the first round. Yeah, it's much rougher. That's much rougher. But I don't think the Clippers would be worried about either of those teams, to be honest with you. I would be worried about Chris Paul under any circumstance, especially if you're the Clippers and you can't guard point guards, and I don't think the Clippers can guard point guards. That's an interesting matchup. I'd like to see it. I'd love to see that as a 4-5. I almost hope that happens, actually. That'd be fun. Devin Booker against Paul George. I think that you're onto something there that teams are going to, and, and maybe it's fool's gold for them to do it. Maybe maybe it's silly. But I do think that given the choice, teams are would rather run into Utah than, than LA. People are going to, a lot of people, I mean, this is the number one thing you hear every single time anybody talks about the Utah Jazz. Nobody expects them to win a title. Everyone wants to say, well, will it work in the playoffs? Can they do this against, you know, a team with a dominant wing being the Clippers or the Lakers? Can can they is this sustainable? And are they diverse enough in their attack, in their defensive approach, personnel-wise to be able to handle teams with dominant wings like the Clippers and the Lakers? And I think the question right now 
is we don't know. In a playoff scenario, we we definitely don't know. As it pertains to the Clippers, what you saw from Rudy Gobert last night, which was 23 points, 20 rebounds, you know, really dominating that game on the interior on both ends, that's real in a playoff seri- series against the Clippers. The Clippers don't have an answer for Rudy Gobert. And that's one of the reasons why I always thought that the Jazz match up really well with the Clippers in the playoff series. And mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, the Clippers aren't going to be able to scheme. They're not going to be able to scheme their way out of Rudy Gobert just being a real force against them in the paint on both ends. It's just they just don't have the personnel to do it. Obviously, the Lakers are a little bit different because, you know, they play the two bigs and they can kind of make uh, Rudy Gobert choose between, you know, guarding Anthony Davis in a man-to-man in a man-to-man scenario or um, trying to help and, you know, somebody – much smaller than Anthony Davis guarding Anthony Davis. Yeah. You know, so if you're the Clippers, in my opinion, whether it's the Jazz in the second round or the Lakers in the second round, see, here's my opinion with the Clippers. And this doesn't pertain to, you know, what the matchups come out. I think the the Clippers actually match up better, just pure matchup wise in terms of how the rosters are constructed. I think they match up better with the Lakers than they do with the Jazz. Just like I think the Jazz match up better with the Clippers than they do with the Lakers. I agree. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Anthony Davis worries me more than than Kawhi, Paul George, or LeBron for Utah. I think if you're Utah, that's the the toughest matchup you can get is that Anthony Davis matchup. 1,000%. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, did we just agree on something? Yeah, we <laughs> agree on a lot of stuff, Tony. I know, all right, you know, you. all right, here's something else we agree on. I think Quinn Snyder is having the best coaching season of his career. You know, obviously, he just was named the coach of the Western Conference All Star team because they have the best record at this point. And uh, I think that we should all talk about Quinn Snyder a little bit differently. Like, I think we should be holding him in a little bit higher regard when you consider the changes that he's made this year. Can you walk me through some of the stuff that you're seeing night in, night out? I mean, obviously the rotation change with Gobert, I mean, which you highlighted in your story that's up at The Athletic right now, where you talk about Quinn Snyder getting that that all-star nod. The big change to me, and, and we talked about this before the season started, was adding Derek Favors back to this team as the backup to go bare, you could now have 48 minutes of solid center play, starting level center and above, and immediately made a change that not only used favors correctly, but has made Gobert more effective. Right. So I'm going to take a victory lap because I always thought that Quinn was one of the top five coaches in the league, always. So in the last five years, 
I think that Quinn Snyder is the only coach that has won two playoff series where his team was the lower seed in those playoff series. And that's the Oklahoma City series and the Los Angeles Clippers series. I might be wrong because I haven't check this but if i am wrong there's you know it's only you know one or two guys that can say this but he's constantly with you know teams that haven't been you know favorites been able to keep this team competitive with teams that have been favorites and now that he has a team that is a favorite obviously you're seeing the, the results this is the first time that he's had a team this good and you're seeing the results. This team last year had much the same personnel, but it wasn't this good because they didn't have favors to mm-hmm. tie everything together. This team has favors, and now you're seeing you're seeing the results of Quinn really having a good team. Well, and he's maximizing his whole bench. Oh, he maximizes everything, yeah. Right. Every single player, it just feels like he's getting the most out of all of these guys. And, I mean, Jordan Clarkson has a 40-point game off the bench the other night. It is an incredible coaching job. I mean, he's the front runner for Coach of the Year, for sure. Has to be. Absolutely has to be. So what else, aside from the Gobert and Favors rotation? The Gobert thing, what he's done with Gobert, and favors, you know, because he knows that favors is a, is a starting level player that just happens to be coming off the bench. He plays favors against starting centers in the last six minutes of a quarter, which allows him to bring Rudy Gobert back against second units. And Rudy Gobert against second units is probably not fair because he's just probably a little bit better than the second unit centers that he faces. And that's second quarter, fourth quarter. That's when the Jazz just come out and just like blow teams away. For instance, on Wednesday night against the Clippers, the Jazz were up six going into the fourth quarter. Rudy Gobert Mm -hmm. comes in. Now, Zubak is a starting level center. He's good. Yeah, he's really, really good. But Gobert comes in, you know, wreaks havoc for the first six minutes of the the fourth quarter. Boom, the Jazz take a six-point lead up to 20. Like, just like that. So, you know, nobody really foresaw this coming. You know, we just thought that, hey, Derek Favors is going to be back. He, Oh, he's going to really eat against second unit centers because he's Derek Favors. No, Quinn Snyder's like, no, we're going to play Derek Favors against the first team centers. We're going to have Rudy Gobert play against the second team centers. And there's just very few teams in the league that are capable of matching minutes like that. And that's one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why the Jazz are the way they are. And the second thing is he's been, you know, and I said this in my story, he's been the first coach to really empower Jordan Clarkson. He went to Jordan Clarkson. He said, okay, you know, listen, and this is hard for Quinn because Quinn's not a guy who likes to let people take any shot that they want. But he went to Jordan Clarkson and said, you can take any shot that you want as long as those shots come from the three-point line or within 10 feet of the basket. Don't take any. That's a good deal. Don't take a 19 I wish I had footer. had a coach like that. Oh, my God. Don't take a 20-footer. <laughs> and Jordan Clarkson has said, okay, on a team full of ball movers, on a team full of guys who, who dribble, pass, and shoot, Jordan Clarkson comes in, and he's just this complete wild card. So, you know, it's basically like if you're playing against – if you're playing against a team, if a team is playing against the Jazz and Jordan Clarkson is on the floor, you have to kind of – it's almost half – it's almost – kind of simultaneously having to guard against two offenses at the same time, if you know what I mean. Because oh, yeah. when Jordan Clarkson's on the floor, you got to guard against the ball. Like, you got to guard against the ball movement of the other four guys. 
But, oh, when Jordan Clarkson gets the basketball, he's he's going to shoot the ball. So you have to guard against that as well. You know, one of the things that, that Quinn Snyder has proven to be really great at is instead of getting hung up on a player's limitations. He adapts to his personnel. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And this year is a really good example of that all the way around. Again, finding the balance with Conley and Donovan Mitchell, unlocking the, the Donovan Mitchell playmaking that we're seeing for other people. And it really... It's not like the coach unlocked it and all of a sudden Donovan Mitchell was able to do it. No, Quinn Snyder found ways to to make it so that Donovan Mitchell can be more successful as a playmaker. This extra ball movement, the three-point rate that they shoot, I mean, they just you cannot give them any space because the shot is going up. And all of that combined has made this team what it is. And I mean, again, best team in basketball. One of the best coaches in the league. Very impressive. It's amazing how, you know, so many coaches get caught up in their system and try to make the personnel adapt to their system or fit into their system. And Quinn has basically been the opposite, which is he's adapted his system year by year to the individual personnel that's that's on his team. When he's had two bigs, when he had favors and Gobert in the starting lineup, and he didn't have you know a point guard that can really push, you know the Jazz were one of the slowest teams in the league. They played possession by possession. They took a lot of twos. They tried to take threes, but if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. And they switched their style of play mid-season last year. You know they came back a different team after the COVID breakdown and the bubble than they were before the COVID breakdown. They didn't play this way before the COVID shutdown. Yeah. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Having Boyan out there makes a big difference for them. I mean, again, it's just there are a lot of factors here, but I think the overarching factor is that Quinn Snyder knows his personnel and is trying to use it to the best of their abilities. And I think that that's something that's unfortunately a little bit rare in the NBA where you have a lot of stubborn coaches and and this is my system and this is what we're going to do. Being able to adapt is good. Yeah, being able to adapt is good. And I think you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, Pop kind of does the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and Quinn grew up in, in large parts as a coach under Pop. Yeah. I wish Mike Budenholzer would uh, learn some of the same lessons. Um, okay. <laughs> Mike is like, Mike is like, we're going to play this drop coverage and you're going to get all the three pointers, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and we're hoping that it works right. The trick is you got to let the right guys shoot those threes. All right, Tony. So we are both now on the season and it pains me to inform our audience we're both 19 and 9. You've tied it up. You had a great week last week. You, you you called the Sixers game. I did call the Sixers game. I didn't know Embiid was going to be out, you know, but I'm not oh, trying to use it as an excuse. Oh, you know what? Not trying that to was, use it as an excuse. Actually, so, you see, I didn't try to get that thrown is, out, Tony. 
what so I'm what saying, you're saying is, that is I'm taking my loss like a man. My, so you're saying that this worked to my advantage. Hey, that's right. We didn't throw out that game. Oh, so now we're tied. What? Yeah. You know what, Tanika? You're right. <laughs> Exactly. You're absolutely so, right. All right. Let's look ahead to the next week. I'm done picking the Jazz to lose until they lose. Uh, you know what? I literally <laughs> feel the same way. I have them winning the next four games. I'm just going to uh, have them winning the next four games. That's it. Yep. That's Clippers, Hornets, Lakers, and Heat. Although, I guess we're only going to pick three because oh, it's only uh, three. we'll be recording next week. So, it's only yeah. three this week. Um, but I've got spoiler alert for the following week. I've got them beating the Heat too because the Heat are pretty bad right now. So I've got the Clippers going three and zero this week, uh, or, or excuse me, the Jazz going three and zero, beating the Clippers because we don't know if Kawhi or Paul George are going to play. They've missed multiple games. I, I don't know if they're going to play or not. I, I still think that Utah can win this game even if they do play. I like the way. I don't know how you feel about this, Tony. I like the way that the Clippers play with no Paul George and no Kawhi. That's not an awful basketball team. You know, they were really they they really bothered the Jazz in the first half defensively. They've got some tough dudes, man. Right. Terrence Mann and, and Amir Coffey. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, obviously Pat Beverly. They got they got guys that can defend. The problem is that they went through a six minute stretch because you don't have Kawhi and you don't have Paul George uh and Nick Batum, but they went through a six minute stretch where they couldn't make shots and the Jazz just ran away and hid in that six minute stretch. You know, yeah, but, you just can't do that against good teams. And the other thing that they they shouldn't have done, I mean, Pat Beverly started talking to Donovan, and that woke Donovan up, and that that woke the Jazz up. Do you think Pat Beverly's going to talk to him Friday night? Of course he is. Of yeah. course he is. So that's yeah, just I want to see Donovan does. go for forty. Let's let's see that. But Donovan is like the wrong guy to talk to. He reacts in a way you don't want to react if you're an opponent and you're talking to somebody. Like when you talk to Donovan, Donovan just starts coming at you. Every single play. Yeah. Uh, they got the Hornets. And I mean, look, this is a tough Hornets team. I actually think that this team is going to make the playoffs, which um, I pray that they make the playoffs because I want to see LaMelo ball in the playoffs. Yeah, they're they're fun. They're athletic. They're tough. They're not a great defensive team and they're not necessarily a great offensive team, but they just do stuff that kind of bothers opponents and, and it allows them to hang in. Terry Rozier has been really good this year. LaMelo obviously is Man, we could do a whole podcast on Lamelo maybe after that game because he's just a joy to watch. But I, I think that you know there's a talent divide here, and Utah is firmly on the right side of it. Uh, I think Utah is going to win this game. I don't even think it's necessarily going to be close. I will say that some of those factors about Charlotte though makes it a little bit unpredictable because they could just really go off. You might have Terry Rozier dropping forty in this game. Yeah. So, yeah. who are you picking? You've got, oh, well, Utah's going to win every game. That's it. From here on out, until they lose. I'm picking the Jazz to win every game until they lose. Yeah. And then they've got the Lakers with no Anthony Davis. The Lakers can, still, not, that, they can still win that game, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picking the Jazz until they lose. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I mean, look, they're the hottest team in basketball, and, and they've just been hot. for. They haven't lost a game in February. They've lost three games in 2021. Uh, so It's a hell of a see. run. They lost. They last lost on January 31st, and the reason why they lost is because the team that they lost to made 15 and six their first 16 three point shots. Actually, on on today's Daily Ding, my my friend Keith Parrish from the Fast Break Breakfast podcast had a great stat. In their losses, teams have shot something like 47 percent on threes. So there is a blueprint. If you want to beat the Utah Jazz, just, just shoot 47 percent from three. Easy. Easy to do. Make all of your threes. And 
you know, have Austin Rivers score the last 14 points of the game. Later on this year, I will tell you that this does very much remind me of the Milwaukee Bucks from the next, last two seasons, but I'm not ready for that yet. I'm, I'm riding the high right now. I'm just enjoying this team <laughs> on a roll, playing really like good basketball. I know, but I mean, those numbers are very similar. Let's just put it that way. They're playing great basketball. It's hard to put this Jazz team into to historical context, and I'm going to tell you why. I think they're a lot better than some of the 60-win teams that have flamed out. Like, I think mm-hmm. that they're a lot better than the t- 2015 Hawks, Atlanta Hawks. I think they're a lot better than the Budenholzer Bucks teams because I think they're a lot more dynamic. But the problem is you can't compare them to the 2014 San Antonio Spurs because they haven't won anything. So it's hard to put them in to that kind of historical context and be like, oh, they're this team and they're that team because you can't put them on the same plane as some of these teams that have come out and won championships. But at the same time, you know, I think covering this team Every night, I think that they're better than some of the 60 win teams that haven't really, really done anything. And then I'm not saying and I'm nobody's saying done this. anything until they do it, Tony. Right. That part is true. You know, but I still can't say, hey, they're 2014 Spurs. 2014 Spurs were one of the best teams of that decade. Greatest team in the history of basketball. Thank you very much. That literally is my favorite basketball team ever. That team was ridiculous. That team it was amazing. Was special. It was yeah, special. It's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm not putting them <laughs> on that level at all, ever. Uh, but I will say that I do think that I, I have changed my tune on this team and I'm no longer couching everything by saying, oh, yeah, but the Lakers are going to destroy them because I honestly don't think that's true. I really think that this team legitimately could win a title. Oh, I, th- I think they can legitimately win a title for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy for them because it's it's the NBA and it's not easy for many teams. I do think that this team should feel like it can win a title and I have no problem saying that. I mean, the Lakers are very good. We know what they're at, what they're like at full strength. But I think that even at full strength, this Utah team could give them trouble. Yes, I agree because they are so good defensively and they're so good offensively and they have a bucket they have a playoff bucket getter donovan mitchell's a playoff bucket getter you know his water's just not going to be shut off you know really easily in the postseason i think the same thing about mike conley i mean those those guys those guys you know those two guys are tough like they're they're just they're going to be hell on teams because they're just so good off the dribble they're such good shooters and it's, they're so good in pick and roll action. It's just going to be really difficult to to deal with both of those guys. And then one one or the other, those guys are going to be on the floor for 48 minutes. You know, with the size inside with Rudy and, and Faves, the way they defend, the way this team is starting to defend, they're going to be a tough out. I'm pretty convinced of that. I agree. And, and they're probably not losing until after the All-Star break. So uh, we got that going, too. Uh, that's going to do it for this week, folks. Uh, don't forget, leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. I think all that stuff helps. I don't know. I I know that that's something that people say on podcasts. If it does, great. If it doesn't, oh, well, at least you're letting us know how you feel about the show. Uh, Next week, Tony, we won't be able to gain any ground on each other because we, you know, we both picked them to just keep winning. Uh, We're going to have to figure out something else, like uh, maybe a test of strength or something like that. We got to, we got to create some separation here. I'm getting nervous I don't like being tied. We are very much like two Rams in the middle of a field butting heads. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, For Tony, I'm Dave, and we'll talk to you guys next week.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.